0: In Seattle, Seattle, and you need to buy yourself a home.
1: We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realities that you can trust. So to ride and Don Sadown. Hey,
0: everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show ronanddon.com
1: Hey you guys, welcome to episode 361 now of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron upshaw, I'm Don O'Neill. you probably heard us on Terrestrial Radio for 25 years and now here we are performing the Ron and Don Show every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We are live from the Les Schwab studio.
2: What is up, Ron and Don
1: Nation? Hey, if you need us, don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere an award-winning le- year last year thanks to you. And we are referral business, so thank you for telling your friends and family about Ron and Don. And if they want to reach out to us, or you want to reach out to us on their behalf, here's how you can do
2: it. Yeah, just go to ronanddonsitdown.com, or you can email me directly, ron at windermere.com. If you are a seller, if you have a piece of property, you've been thinking about selling it, it could be a rental, could be your primary residence, there has not been a better time for sellers in our lifetime than right now. Uh, This is the best time we've seen in decades. So reach out. Let's get that thing sold. Let's get a game plan together for your next chapter.
1: Hey, coming up, uh, I shared with you that we've had a couple dump trucks stolen on our job site and also all our tools taken. Uh, I have an update and some thoughts on that. Uh, Also, what I found out just about crime, not just in our city, but all around the Pacific Northwest. And I also wrote something about what it was like. Uh, telling my son that another one of our tools uh, had been stolen. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Ron has been on this journey in the new year of learning about new relationships, and specifically his relationship with food and his relationship with sugar. The thing that I appreciate about Ron is he continues to talk about this in this journey. He's talked about it for years. And if if you've listened to Ron and I, uh, we do try to talk a lot about our foibles. We try to talk to you about the areas that we ha- come up short, uh, about things we fear, uh, mistakes that we've made, because I think it's in doing those things, um, and leaning into those things, not running from them, not numbing from them, but leaning into those things, uh, probably where we learn the most. And like I told my son last week, he goes, dad, and he, he, he was pretty honest with me. He goes, daddy, I'm pretty, I'm pretty bored. And I just feel like I get up I go to school, I come, and he just went through the whole thing that he does. And he was telling me he was he was feeling pretty bored and wanted to know how he could shake out of the boredom. And I'm like, wow, you know what? He's feeling like a lot of us are feeling right now. And instead of trying to fix it for him, I listened to him, and then we've been working on that boredom together. The thing that we've learned, though, is by sometimes being bored, it's when you spark, the most creativity, because you got to go out and do something. Remember when you were younger and you, especially if you're a guy and you were bored, you built a ramp and then Billy Weatherall and Michael Esau came over and they laid down and then you jumped them on your huffy bike with the banana seat. Because <laughs> you're bored. The next thing you know, you're jumping your neighbor. So anyway, I think sometimes to really feel joy, we're learning. You have to feel despair and sometimes to really feel creative. Yeah, you got to feel a little bored sometimes. And uh, Ron, that's kind of the yin and the yang and the, and the and the yo-yo uh of your struggle over the years with weight and flour and sugar and you've been super honest about that. So thanks. Where 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 are you at? What's going on cuz you uh- said uh you're you're learning new things. Well,
2: I uh I've met with a um nutritionist, professional nutritionist. Um I actually released uh permission for her to talk to my therapist, so there those two are talking together. Cool. And that that is uh when I got that form, I got to be honest and I wonder what you would think about this. I was like, "Huh. Do I want to give permission for professional A to talk to professional B because my therapist knows way more about me than the nutritionist. Um, I don't know what that really means to have them confer on my case. And so I hesitated there. I had the document in front of me, and I was like, okay, do I I really want to do this? What, what, What would you do? Would you grant permission for that, or would you say, wait a minute, my nutrition and my therapy, I want to keep them siloed away from each other.
1: Yeah, I think um it, it, it depends on what the conversation would be. My my therapist speaking to a nutritionist, I wouldn't have a problem with that because I, I feel I feel that area of my life is I'm in good shape. But there's other areas of my life that I've talked about on this podcast, and we're talking about you or not talking about me. I would be super uncomfortable.
2: So I thought about it for a minute and I was like, okay, well if I really want to try to get some new skills uh, and maybe unlock something, then I went ahead and signed it, sent it back to her. I don't know if they're talking, if they're not talking, what they're talking about, but I know this, both of them want to help. Uh, They're not, I, I know they're not sitting there and um, having a laugh at my expense, or at least I hope they're not, uh, they're wanting to, to help me. And the thing that I'm realizing is, just like everything that you talked about, it's up to me to do the work and not up to them. There, there is no magic bullet uh, to where if I just go, oh, my therapist talked and they gave me this prescription and now here we go. Like I, I'm having to get, uh, you know, I bought a book that I need to read and it's a thick book. And it's been sitting on my counter. It's like, okay, gotta crack that. And so, learning these things and unlearning things, I'm I'm at that phase of the game right now. I'm learning some things. I'm unlearning some things, and I'm trying to figure out which what what bucket of things is going to work for me. And at the end of the road, I probably can still do some of the things that I like. Like I know that I can lose weight on keto. I've done it multiple times in my life. It just the way that I did it. Was probably not optimal. So I know if, if I get through this journey and I'm like, you know what, just to jumpstart things, I'm gonna do that for a while. But I have a different mindset, a different set of tools. I've talked it through with some professionals. And so here's my path. There, there's it's it's so customizable, but I'm 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 a little nervous about it still and I'm a little excited to see what the next thing's gonna bring.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting what you're saying because you you and I are similar in the fact that we can be stubborn and we have these great wills. And we can will anything, I feel like. And you can will yourself. Like, that's what that keto diet is. You're, you're, you're willing yourself. But as you always say, Ron, and then what? And then what? And then does this become a lifestyle? And they've tried to do that uh, with a lot of these keto diets where they say, well, then here's the lifestyle food afterwards that you need to eat. Everyone that I know, because they went after so many people in radio, uh, and there was an organization around here that hired them, and you'd see all these radio people lose drastic amounts of weight. And everyone that I've seen, every single one of them has put the weight back on and they don't do those ads anymore. And I don't even know where that company is. So it, it, it's one thing to will it. It's another thing to surrender and let it change you. And then there's a lot of people that don't believe in surrendering. So it, it's, what, what, what is the number one thing that, that you're afraid they're going to have a discussion about on behalf of you?
2: Oh, I don't know. Like, uh, like maybe from a 360 degree perspective, they're like, oh, you know why Ron overeats this much? It's his, you know, it's his failed marriage or it's, you know, look at, look at this pattern that he doesn't see of why he's being destructive. And so my, my fear is that there would be this much bigger change that has to happen. that would be 10 times harder than this diet change in order, you know, that's upstream somewhere and I just don't see it, that, that scares me. It's like, what if I have to dismantle some really difficult thing and the, the, the eating part of my life is just a symptom of that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because going to therapy, there's different ways to do it and a lot of times we see therapy on TV and I think it's a disinterest uh, or it's a it's, there's misinformation in it and I don't think it's helpful because we think it's Tony Soprano going and laying down on a couch and talking about all the people that he murdered and then his therapist, they trying to figure it out for him. That to me isn't therapy. Therapy is you doing your work. You reading, showing up, struggling, journaling, running, walking, uh, having some kind of morning routine or bedroom. Just somewhere where you find time for you. For you to really stop looking at screens and you just, you know. And I had some time this morning before Ron came over where I was just kind of looking at me. And, and it's really hard to do that, you guys. And sometimes it, it's sad. If it, it, I, had, I had a dear, dear friend lose her dad this morning, and it made me think about what it will be like when I lose my mom, uh, if I'm lucky enough to still be around when that happens. And, and I don't expect to lose her anytime soon. But you begin to think about what is that like to lose two parents, right? And, and the only time you can really think about that is when you're taking time for yourself to think about that. And, and, and that's really what therapy is about. It's just checking in. It's checking in on yourself. It's someone knowing your secrets. You haven't shared with anyone else. When you hear no judgment, when I hear people say no judgment, I run from them. Your brain has been wired to judge, keep you alive, fight or flight. Life is judgment, man. It is about making judgments, good ones and bad ones. And that's what therapy is. It's an assessment, right? Now, it's not judging you personally and saying you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. There's the judgment. But where's the assessment? Like being assessed, we should all want assessment. We should all be open to that. And you can tell the people that are because they ask you curious questions about yourself. In the same way I just asked Ron, I'm curious. Ron, what is the thing you want your therapist and your nutritionist to not talk about? I'll get an answer off the air. We'll see you on the other side of this.
0: You can just tell that, they, uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we, you know, we got, we got some, some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. Mm-hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail, um, and then they just came in with a with a lot more knowledge, and were able to set those expectations up a lot better. Than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with, so I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with the the, the entire the, the sit down, the the experience, and and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed, in a in a, in a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust, and then. You
1: know, we yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing.
0: I see them as as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community, and knowing that you know Don's just down the street is is comforting. <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Don friends of ours now, and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit. But it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and um, and now lifelong friends.
2: It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right.
0: <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Here's my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron and my dad, Don.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. I shared with you that we've had a couple of dump trucks stolen, some t- tools stolen. Uh, and without going into the specifics of what happened there, because there's an uh, ongoing investigation now with this that doesn't involve a Seattle detective, though, because uh, I called the police and I know people on the command staff. And I know lots of people at the police department. Lots of my good friends have left. They've all moved out of the area from Montana to Phoenix to Maui. They've all left. They're not coming back. They feel like they love the job, but they feel like what they did, all their work here has been discredited Uh, because of the riots here, the movements that have happened here, the defund the police movement. And now, you know, it's really crazy. You look at what just happened over in Magnolia. Someone went and cut out all the TV transmission, the cable transmission wire. Someone had to have a truck like ours. Our truck was stolen around the same time. And I'm just wondering if that truck was used for something nefarious like that. They went ahead and they patched it. And now those thieves have gone back and they stole the patch. Incredible. I talked to a tow truck driver the other day down in Tacoma. And he told me they used to get Uh, maybe one stolen car a day in their tow yard, they get nine. Nine stolen vehicles from all over the place, all over the Pacific Northwest. The cars are typically stolen, used in multiple crimes. Then they'll leave the car at a homeless camp. Homeless people will put all their stuff in there and move into the car. And that's often where they find a lot of these vehicles. Some of these guys are so brazen, they had just recovered a car down in their tow yard. And the guys that stole the car... It was a Volvo. They came back the night after, and because this car had been taken back by the tow company. They came back the night after. They cut all the gating to the tow yard, and they resold the car. So the tow yard had to call the owner and say, your car's now been stolen for a second time. City of Seattle, according to the police that I spoke with on the command staff, they said there were almost 6,000 vehicles stolen last year in the city. Uh, It is up 10%. In Pierce County, uh, vehicles being stolen is up 483%. Also, when it comes to the crime rates in the city, they're way up. But they say, yeah, but the politicians say people aren't being murdered. I asked a good friend of mine about that who's going to be on our podcast next week. His name is Detective Mike McGann. He worked in robbery for years here. I said, Mike, what about that? He said, well, you know what, Don? There's lots of shootings. We have lots of shootings, just like they do in other big cities. He said there's lots of violence he said the difference is, what do you think the difference is? How come people don't die here in the city of Seattle like they do in other places? And yet we have just as many shootings.
2: Uh, the medical? Harborview. Yeah.
1: He said, when you look at Harborview, quote unquote, all the dirt bags know where to drop their, their gunshot victims. I talked to one of my friends that works at Harborview, that's a doctor there, and they said that's exactly right. If we didn't have, we have one of the world's best trauma centers in the world, if not the entire country, it's top five in the entire country. Harborview keeps a lot of people alive that end up being shot. That would be dead in Chicago and in other cities because they don't have a medical facility that's close enough. Chicago is just too big and too fast, even though they have great medical care there. And so I just wonder, I just wonder, because they think we're liberal bleeding hearts here. What do we do about the crime that's just not here in Seattle, but it's all over our neighborhoods? I went to the Ballard Commons the other day. They've cleared the tents, but you can't go play in that park now. There's 166. The park is now closed to everybody. We know those 166 tents didn't go away. It's a tube of toothpaste. They just got moved around. You can't arrest your way out of this. The drugs are lethal that are on the streets right now. And as far as these RVs go, you're never going to see a tow company tow them because they don't know what to do with them. The Freon in the refrigerators alone, when they junk them, costs $500 to get rid of. And they don't want to tow something that they can't make any money on. So when the cops call, they just kind of look the other way. Cops don't call anymore. There are no cops to call. Uh, there is no detective assigned to our stolen dump truck. So with all that said, it sure is a vicious cycle. But we have a new mayor. Uh, we have some of the same city council members that want to defund the police. Ron, I don't know about you. I want to. I want to refund on the defund, and I really want to rethink what we're doing here when it comes to crime and serious crime because cool. it's all around the city and it's all around the outlying areas right now and the bedroom communities as well.
2: I'm curious how how has this multiple thefts changed you? Because I, I think back to. You know, I had job sites. I had a job site very close to your job site, and I didn't think twice about when we were doing renovations there. I left all my tools in that building uh, that I have collected and spent a lot of money on. Did not think twice about it. And even now when I look back, like, it was apparent that the house was vacant because I had left some stuff in the driveway that if you were halfway intelligent, you would go, oh, they're working on this house. Uh, My tiny house, I have a ton of tools there because i'm doing projects and i i don't go there every single day because it's 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 a ways away up on the river but mentally i do think about it It's was like oh man i hope i hope no one's broken in i hope no one's stolen anything but h- how has it changed your mentality because you should be able to leave your truck at your job site you should be able
1: well we don't we don't we're, we when at some point i imagine we'll get a new tool the truck is a tool and we won't leave it at the job site. And I won't say we're going to leave it. Uh, one, one of our trucks we left was, was cut out of it it, it. it was behind a chain link fence. Uh, and what, what guys know is that at some point you have to replace your tools and then they wait a couple of months, they're patient and then they come back and they take those tools as well. So you can't have tools on the job site. If you're driving home, those tools have to come out of your truck and then, uh, and they'll follow you home as well. So, There's lots of different types of crime. And I really think, you know, someone that's going to go and steal a vehicle and let's say use it to cut out all that wiring under the Magnolia Bridge, you know, that's a different kind of thief than someone that sees uh, another truck running and they just jump in it and they take it. And and the the thieves that do the big jobs, that do the big crimes, because they'll steal job trucks and then they go to other job sites, do big crimes. They, They want the homeless to jump in. Because now they know there's fentanyl, there's needles, there's sleeping bags, there's stuff in the back, stuff in the front. They'll probably run out of gas because on most of these trucks, you have to raise the bed in order to fill them. If you have a diesel truck, a lot of times they fill them with regular, they fill them with sand. It, it's pretty mean-spirited. And, and what you just have to do is outthink them. You cannot depend on the police. You have to lowjack everything that you own. You have to put double-kill switches in everything you own you ju- you just have to protect yourself and your family at this point. And I mean really, uh I am a gun person. I'm just not a gun person around my son. Now that he's 12, you know that changes. When it when it comes to protecting my family specifically, that's my concern is when this gets elevated and people start coming into your home or they co- start coming in the places and spaces where your family lives, loves and plays. Uh the police aren't coming. There, is, there are no police to come, and we, we, we always think about people that live out in you know places like Oso, or you live out in Pierce County somewhere. You, the reason you have guns is you are the police. whether a bear shows up or some guy's making crack in the neighborhood and, and, and out in the woods, you have to be able to protect your, your, your friends, your family and your property. And then I also think, think you have to consider about moving. you know I, I've made a commitment to stay here until my son's 18. Uh, my commitment is over after that. And as much as I love and care about this city, there is a mass exodus right now of people that have lived here, especially people that have been first responders to places like Montana, Idaho, Phoenix, and Hawaii. I think we're going to see more of that. And I don't count myself out of that anymore. I don't. So I don't think this is going to get better anytime soon. And I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I'm just resolved to protect my dog, my son. And uh, if you're around, I'll protect you too.
2: Hmm. Well, I uh, hope you get a good result out of that because it is, it, uh, is infuriating to just have people prey on you like that. I, I know what it feels like, not to that extent, but I know what it feels like to be violated in that way, and it's, it's
1: not fun. Yeah. See you guys on the other side of this.
2: Hey, it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.loans. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ron and Don Nation. And Mitch, I want to ask you this because I'm sure you get it every day just like we do. People want a crystal ball for the Puget Sound area real estate market. What's going to happen in 2022? When is the right time that I should buy? When is the right time I should sell? All of these questions, I get why people want to ask them, but from the finance mortgage side, how do you approach that? How do you think about that? Uh, because some of these things are unknowable, but people still want to know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I do sound a little biased, but I trust me, I'm not. Um, the right time to buy is now. Rates are predicted to go up. Just steadily for the next year or two They've been pressing them down somewhat artificially Somewhat just due to the economy But rates are down and they are not going to stay that way Which means money's cheap But unfortunately in this King County area There's a lot of people getting paid a lot of money Mm -hmm. So waiting might not be the call As you wait longer and longer There's all this tech money coming in And even if rates go up There's still going to be be people who are able to buy Million dollar, two million dollar homes And there are a lot of them I work with a lot of couples who both make 150 k plus a year, Right. right? And that buys you a lot of house, and it will continue to buy a lot of house. So buying now before there's too many of those people is huge. You don't want it to turn into the next San Francisco and have missed out on buying your first home.
2: So in the mortgage community, people are forecasting some rises coming in 2022. What does that mean for the sellers where they're saying, I want to put my house on the market right now and then buy something else? Uh, again we can't time the market but what we can do is say here's what we're seeing right
0: yeah what we're seeing is selling's really easy buying's hard Okay. <laughs> unfortunately that that may not change it may change um, but in the in the short term sell, it's a sellers market and gotcha. it has continued to be a sellers market all
2: right he's Mitch Weeks he's the official mortgage guy of the Dom Nation you can get him at Mitch. Loans. That I almost said Mitch. Weeks. Mitch. Loans is his website. Mitch. Loans. Tell him you're with Ron and Don, and you saved half a percent on that new loan. Mitch, we appreciate it. Uh, the case study today.
1: Yeah, switch to Mitch. Hey guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don show. I was just going to uh, share something with you that I wrote this week and it just has something to do. We were just talking about, if you want the Ron and Don nation news, like something like this will go out in the Ron and Don nation news. And then I also put it on my Facebook page, Don O'Neill. Uh, and it's the same with Ron. So are you, did you write something this week or you're writing something for next week? What are you working on right yeah, now? I'm
2: working on it right now. It'll be, I'm, I'm polishing it up. I got to reread it and make some changes. Okay.
1: What I did on my Facebook page is I I put a couple pictures of my son and I and our dog. And then uh, there's a dumb truck that I drive around sometimes. And I love driving this dumb truck because it reminds me of growing up and having my dad come pick me up. Because this isn't an 18-wheeler. My dad drove an 18-wheeler. And he'd come pick me up sometimes at school when I was around my son's age, maybe a little younger And I just have great memories of that. And I'd share with you that uh, one of our tools, one of our trucks got stolen uh, from one of our job sites uh, this past week. So anyway, uh, it's a picture of myself, my son, and Charlie. And I wrote, these thieves stole more than a truck this week. Over the past two years, my partners and I have had two dump trucks stolen. And no matter where we put our tools, these a-holes, they find them. They'll even follow you home. They'll lie in wait. uh, And they've taken over 30K in tools alone. Uh, minus outside the trucks, it's probably over hundred thousand dollars in theft between the trucks and the tools. Uh, this truck was just taken uh, from our job site, and again, it'll take about fifty grand to replace this truck. This is the truck that we used to clean up my son's middle school a few months back. We also cleaned up our neighbors' yards after the last big storm, and we used it to restore. This is the truck we use to restore old Seattle neighborhoods. I don't tear homes down. I've learned this from my, my, my partners specifically, and we are in alignment. If we can save homes, let's save them. We might take off the top story of a home or do some reframing inside that home, but we try to hang on to old Seattle homes and, and restore them because we think that that's important. Uh, and then these are homes that we hang on to as well. Anyway, it's also the truck where I relive my best memories with my dad. Uh, he was a truck driver out of Chicago. I remember riding with him when I was young, And he had an old milk carton. I've shared that before. It's turned upside down. That was my seat. And I couldn't believe one day when he picked me up at elementary school in front of all the other kids, I felt like the most important little boy in the world. And so it's also been the truck where I've taught my son that it's the blue collar men and women that worked so hard to rebuild America after the second world war. That in the age of tech, we must still learn to work with tools. And in doing so, My son and I and Charlie, we've learned grit, fortitude, and resilience. But now my son has also learned fear. In fact, we give names to our tools. He named our first dumb truck Bubba because I call my son Bubba. And this truck's name, uh, this past truck was Carson, after Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks. He asked me last night, Daddy, do you think the robbers are going to come after me like they did Bubba and Carson? Heartbreaking. I'll leave the rest of that conversation between a father and his son. But I do want you to know when I reached out to uh, SPD to follow up on the auto theft, I was informed that there is no detective assigned to our case because there's no detective to assign to it. There's only nine robbery detectives left, SPD. Nine. Nine. The 12th, fastest, biggest city in America. We're the 12th largest city right now. We have nine robbery detectives. Over 6,000 auto thefts last year. Nine. The best robbery detectives uh, have left, and we all know why. In fact, one will be here that's leaving next week. He'll be on the podcast. Uh, Over 6,000 vehicles were stolen from our streets last year. I shared that. That's up 10% from the previous year. And what about people living in our bushes? The city still refers to them as our clients. And the city assures us that they are not criminals. They are just humans that lost a job. And they also tell us that they're all from here, and that's why we should take care of them. I think it's time to take a brutal look at ourselves and ponder what this is doing to little boys and little girls who just want to go clean up their school with their daddy or go ride to the dump after helping our neighbors. This is not SPD's fault. It's our fault. Because we have allowed this to happen right in front of our eyes. And thanks to all the men and women that still strap it up and strap it on every day. We live in a city right now where there are, should be 2,000 cops. We have about 700. Through the years of doing radio here, I've been lucky to know many of you first responders. There's a reason why many of you have retired early and you have already moved out of state. And we need to answer those questions. Hopefully with a new neighbor we will, or a new mayor we will. And as I said right here, I may be joining you. Love and respect. Uh, And that's from Don. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this podcast, The Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we love being your broadcasters, your agents, your friends. If you need us for any reason at all, we can do something called a Ron and Don sit down. It all starts with a sit down.
2: Yeah, you can find me, Ron, at windermere.com or uh, ronadonsitdown.com. And Uh, and like I've said the past couple episodes, there has not been a better time in our lifetimes to sell a piece of real estate than right now. Get in touch with us. We can move quickly uh, and we can uh, help you get to that next chapter in life.
1: Yeah. And if you like what I just wrote, that's what we send out in the Nation News. Uh, And it's not always that heavy either, you guys. Sometimes it's fun. And we also send out a lot of good information uh, especially if you're a real estate investor or you're thinking about coming one, especially if you're a young investor uh, or you're thinking about upsizing, downsizing, right-sizing, side-sizing, moving to Montana. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just get a hold of us. Everything's at ronanddon.com, radio and real estate. Everything's at ronanddon.com. You keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show and hitting and subscribe. That way you get it every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday we'll see you next time right here only on the ron and don radio network
0: now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time only 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 only, only on the Ronnie don radio network